Hello out there and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Pat Donovan and joining me tonight, the Dark Lord. What? Where did this Dark Lord come from? I, don't know. I said it at some point last year. You know, six. I like it. I, I don't want to be the Yeti. Yeah, no, but you're the Yeti. You're definitely the Yeti. No, I'm not the Yeti. I, I, <laughs> this isn't fair. I, I, all of a sudden, I have to put wrap myself in toilet paper on Saturday for our draft. It, it, the league voted on it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, what's up? And the man that will be wrapping him in toilet paper? Actually, I'm just going to be drafting Elvis Andrus in the first round. Nice. And people stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, welcome to the show. This is the starting pitching preview part three, where it starts to get real fun. But before we begin, I'm just going to run through some quick news items. Kyle Seeger is going to have a procedure done on his hand. He will be out until June. The Angels have shut down Andrew Heaney. Uh, he's dealing with some elbow inflammation. Where do you guys stand on that? I mean, we were talking offline, and you know, we all seem to agree that this was something that he went through last year as well. But what's your panic level? One to ten, with ten being absolute panic. I'm not drafting him. Um, with Heaney, honestly, even even considering the, the the injury history, I'm probably only at a five. Maybe yeah. even a four. Yeah, that's like the number for me too. Yeah, I think yeah. I think, I think, it's, three. I think it's more like them being just cautious because it's Heaney, you know. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll have to obviously see how it plays out, but I kind of like that the ADP is going to fall and he's going to become a really nice value. Yeah, upside is too high uh, yeah. to pass on someone. Just yeah, because of a little injury scare. Yeah, and I think we need to keep in mind too. Some of these teams are going to take advantage of the fact that. They may not need a fifth starter right away. And that could be this instance where the Angels are like, well, listen, if he's feeling a little barking in his elbow, let's uh, let's give him a chance to, to get healthy and we'll roll four guys through the first week or so of the season and then bring Heaney along like that. Okay, and then Michael Fulmer was also shut down. Apparently there's no injury, but he needs to work on his mechanics. His lower body is apparently... A mess, and that's the reason why he's throwing 89 to 91. Are we out on Fulmer at this point in a standard mixer? This is a 10. Yeah, this is – I've always been on Fulmer, so, yeah, I'm completely out. Yeah, standard mixer. I don't think I'm all that interested. Okay, so let's kick off the preview. Uh, I want to start off with the name I missed last week. Apparently, I did a really bad job assembling the list last week. Uh, Josh James, 200.48. And that ADP is from February 1st, obviously dealing with an injury that's pushed him out of the rotation, but he's on his way to throwing again and may make the bullpen to start the year. So are you buying in off the injury and the bullpen role with the hopes that he makes his way into the rotation? Joe, you're the Astros guy. Kick us off. Absolutely. So this is the middle of the 17th round. Uh, So my projections pretty much had James – at around 150 innings anyway. So, you know, any discount is a benefit because I had a capped innings limit baked in. Um, I, I mean, I'm not really concerned about the injury, right? It's it's a lower body injury. It's not his arm. Um, they'll work him back in. I'm sure someone will get hurt at some point, and I fully expect him to take a rotation spot. 
Yeah, I expect him to, but now I think that Forrest Whitley will get the call a little bit earlier. And um, I think that, as, like, honestly, I have these two neck and neck as far as what they could do. You probably disagree with that, Joe. I'm guessing you like James a lot better. Uh, no. Oh, really? Mean, no, Whitley's bananas. Okay. Well, the, the thing is, so, so let me ask you a question. Um, because hey, you know this mediocre guy and this guy that's really awesome? I think you like the mediocre guy. Tell me about it. Joe, so, I mean, Whitley hasn't played in AAA yet. So, like, what, what are your expectations as to when he gets the call? So, I don't think he'll get the call very soon, though, right? Because Peacock's in the way. Mm -hmm. James is in the way. Um, so, the two of them are in the way. And they sign Miley. I can see him getting flip-flopped, right? Maybe he gets thrown in the pen at some point. But I don't expect it to happen very soon. Like, but ballpark. Like, you think, like, June? Uh no, probably not later than that. Okay. But maybe late June. Okay. And then how many innings at the major league level do you think? Yeah, I don't know. What's that? Probably like 80 or so? Yeah. If I had a guess. I don't yeah. know. What like what what are your guys' thoughts? No, I, I agree with you actually, Joe. I don't I don't see him coming up right out the gate boring a couple of catastrophic injuries. Um, you know, I we both are in on Peacock, and, you know, I imagine he'll come up later tonight. Um, I'm a big fan of McHugh. Miley is boring, but he's the type of guy that can eat some innings. Yeah, he's an innings eater. And James, like you mentioned, is in the way. And, I mean, James is a guy we all liked pre-injury. And if you liked him pre-injury, you should like him now because he's going to be very affordable. He should be a quality reliever for you while he's out of the rotation. And most teams use seven or eight starters. I mean, I know the Astros had a lot of luck with health last year, but that's unlikely to repeat itself. And they've got a couple of guys going into the going into the starting rotation that were bullpen arms last year. So um, there's the risk of fatigue that that can happen. There's there's injuries that happen, and James has pretty premium stuff. So should play up in the bullpen, give you some ratio help, and then I think he'll make his way into the rotation. He's the sixth guy. I, th I definitely think he's going to see. Sometime in the rotation this year. Pat, who do you like better straight up, um, James or Whitley in the f like future? Better career. Oh, Whitley. I think Whitley's a yeah, better player. I, okay. I agree with that. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the only – the other thing I want to add too, right, is like Whitley um, – Whitley lost a third of his season. Right, so it not only has he not touched AAA, which I don't really know if that matters all that much, mm -hmm. but he lost a third of his season. So, you know, we'll have to work some of that time back probably. Um, you know how this goes. Uh, oftentimes teams just want the formality of going through um, and not rushing guys. So, yeah, I mean, I think June is probably a good target. Yeah, and because he missed that time, I mean, you have to be concerned about his innings. Sure. I mean, they're not going to push him 100-plus innings over whatever threshold he was at. So yeah, he's yeah, going to be a guy that's going to be shut down or put into the bullpen at some point. Long story short, 2019 redraft, I want James. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yep. Okay, John Gray, 206.47, one of last year's big disappointments. What are your thoughts on Gray in 2019 coming off the disastrous 2018? Nick, you would like to remind us how right you are about guys. This was somebody you were very wrong about. Very wrong. Why don't you tell us why you were way off? Way off. Um, all right, so first I'm going to tell you why I'm buying this year. How about that? Um, look, sure. first of all, Let's just talk about 
Jeremy Marquez for one second. I want to go into Gray. Um, I feel like Marquez got the luck that John Gray could possibly get this year, last year. Like, I think they're on the same exact level as far as stuff. Marquez's breaking stuff is, is insane. But, like, I don't know if you've seen Gray's slider, uh, like, his curve. Like, his, his it's just as filthy. Um, but he had a lot of issues with his four-seamer last year. He got sent down to AAA for a little bit. He came back up. He looked better when he first came up and then started to kind of, like, um, do really bad again. <laughs> Well, really, he wasn't really striking bad. anyone out, right? Yeah, yeah, he wasn't striking anyone out. He wasn't striking anyone out, but like all of a sudden his ERA got better. So he's just been like in like just all over the board the last couple of years. Um, there's no doubting his stuff though. Like, and you'll see it now. Like, if you look around, a lot of analysts are writing about it. Like John Gray sleeper again, John Gray sleeper again. It's year after year after year because there is no denying his stuff. I just think it's a matter of he, he's got he's gotten really unlucky in the past. We know that. Um. Course pitchers always come with a discount. This course pitchers always have a lot of risk, but I'm definitely taking Gray. I think he's going to bounce back for a better ERA this year, and I think that he could turn in a year that Marquez did last year. I think he's just as good as Marquez. And when you look at the ADP differential, it's it's crazy. Like, there's no way you'd rather have Marquez at, you know, where's he going, seventy five ish, eighty ish, than than Gray at two oh seven. I don't. Maybe you guys would, but not me. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I look at Gray, and I'm just looking at that fastball, and despite the plus velocity, it's been really bad. And he's also another one of these guys that's the poster child for the difference between uh, control and command. Uh, Gray can put it in the zone, but he can't put it where he wants inside the zone. Um, you know, and Nick, you mentioned the skills were pretty good in the first half. They were actually great, but the results were terrible. He was sent down. He came back. Results were better, but the skills were bad. And the skills were almost reminiscent of what Kyle Freeland was doing. I don't know if you guys noticed that parallel mm -hmm. where maybe Gray became a little more willing to walk guys um, that rather than put it in the zone when he fell behind, and maybe that's how um, the ERA got a little bit better. Uh, there's no denying the breaking stuff, like you said, Nick, um, and he's capable of putting together a really good season if he catches the luck, but – that's no sure thing, especially in cores. I, I don't think you can feel confident that he's going to find his way. Um, you know, this is just a case where I feel more, more secure on the guys going behind him. And I think Gray's ceiling is probably a little overrated. I think 2017 is probably the ceiling for him in Colorado. Now, if he was elsewhere where the ballpark was a little more forgiving, um, you know, I could get in on him. But uh, there's just too many guys going behind him I like. And it's and really like your skepticism is based on the fastball, right? Because everything else is good. Like, why is the, why is his ninety eight mile per hour fastball that he, he doesn't walk guys not working so much? Because like, he can't command it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing as Pivetta. It's the same problem. I mean, uh, I'm with, I'm kind of with the both of you on this, right? Like, I see the upside, but I I do think that he, 2017 probably is the cap. But at the same time, right, at this price, that cap of upside is worth it because it'll be inside the top 50 for sure. So uh, there might be guys, there are guys after Gray that are going that I like better. But at this point, Gray's not such a bad dice roll. And it's better than where he was going last year, which was like right inside the top 40. And which is where Adam, Marquez like, was going. <laughs> inside yeah, the actually, 30. Marquez is probably going a little higher, but. I mean, do you think that the, the fit being an entire point, like his fit was 4.0? Yeah, I, so I think he's a lot 
he's he's like a lot like Gallo in the sense that it's he's just an outlier, right? Like you can't you can't really Chris Archer. Yeah, and probably Pavetta too. Yeah, what, they're just getting hit hard. Yeah, and they and he plays in cores, right? So it's even harder to get a, a real good fit adjustment on there. I, and I I don't know. Although, I, can't, I, don't I mean, know they are, they are park adjusted, if I'm not mistaken. It is park adjusted. The home away the home away splits aren't that bad. Like his, I think his home. I don't have it in front of me. I think it's like four four I'll, nine. I'll his home career or last year? No, last year. Uh, last year was four nine one away was five three four. Yeah, so like away is higher, but still. <laughs> I mean, it's just terrible. <laughs> it's bad. So like, like, why is his ADP maintaining? Because last year he wasn't that far, far, for, much, that much further than two hundred seven. Like he was still what, like one fifty ish. Well, what are we at right now? What is this like fifty two? This is a, because the list is screwed up because of my bad job putting it together. This is approximately fifty five. Oh, 55. Yeah, so this is like 15 pitchers later than last year. At yeah, least. So, I think you guys yeah. are off, man. I think he was like top He might have been like 34. Yeah. yeah I oh, think he was higher. Yeah. yeah, he might have been. And we had him inside the top 30 for sure. I don't know. I just I, – I can't Because we're idiots. I can't remember a pitcher who had a 5-1-2 ERA one year and is going where he's going. 5-1-2 ERA. Well, well wait, think, think about Nick Pavetta. So you think he should be going later? Yeah, he should be going. Not, listen, I would take him where he is and probably even higher because I like Gray. But, like, with with the stats that are showing from last year, he should be going later. Yeah, But I think that's the point, right? People are getting better about pushing aside bad luck, pushing aside recency bias. I mean, we still definitely have a problem, but people are getting better at it. And so I think this is a case of that, right? That, okay, maybe last year we bit in too hard. Mm-hmm. But this year we're not fading as much as as much as we could, and I don't I don't think this is I don't think this is poorly priced honestly, right? Because three six seven of one hundred seventy innings of nine K per nine ball is pretty good. It's yeah. not it's not elite, but it's definitely top fifty worthy. He's a weird guy. Okay, let's move to another weird guy, Alex Reyes, <laughs> 210.11. Top prospect is heading into the season healthy. He's competing for a role in the Cardinals bullpen. Is this the year that we find out what all the fuss is about? Joe, tell me about Alex Reyes. Pat, I'm going to toss this to you because I know you're an, a Reyes guy, right? I, I don't think I'm a Reyes guy. I, I thought you were, but I'm kind you of, take this one. I'm, I'm kind of starting to feel like Alex Reyes is the Byron Buxton of pitching at this point. Really? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not expecting the innings to be there to any large extent this year. Um, he had a career high of 111 in 2016. He missed all of 2017. He threw a combined 27 innings across all levels last year. Um, the stuff is undeniably electric, but maybe even too electric. I worry about the command and his ability to harness it. The projection systems share my concern with projected walk rates between the upper threes and the low fives. But I do expect that Reyes is going to see the opportunity at some point this year for an extended look in the rotation. There's not, based on what the Cardinals have said, they're not going to put him in the rotation to start the year. But this is a rotation with Adam Wainwright, with an injury-prone pitcher like Michael Waka. Um, And I believe if 
Reyes doesn't start the year in the rotation. I think John Gant is going to start the year oh, in the rotation. Nice. I mean, they um, still have Ponce de Leon, right? They've got Gomber. Yeah, Gomber, they've, got yeah. Some, they've got some guys that can fill some innings. I like Gomber. Um, I do like Gomber, too, But, <laughs> but I, I mean, like, even in the best, absolute best case, I, I don't know that I see a scenario where he's more than 130 innings. And I think that's really, really pushing it. I think that's, like – Upside best case scenario. Yeah, but 130 innings would be like he'd be friggin' ridiculous if he threw on. He'd be like Josh Hader. Would he be with the wait if he's starting for nine? Yeah. Listen, my right away. I want to call Pat out because this is. I started grunting and making noises when Pat said that he was this year's. You cannot comp this out of Byron Buxton. It's that's a bad comp. This guy is crazy talented. He's just been injury prone, so there's there's really no comparisons. With I just meant from the perspective that he seems to catch a lot of hype. Bro, you, well, yeah, his stuff is insane, and we're waiting on him year after year yeah, after year, listen, and it hasn't you're, happened. You're yet. the guy that always buys the the guy who's been injured that has the good stuff, a uh, quality innings. You're the quality innings guy. Now he's got he's got insane velocity, insane breaking pitches. Like what? What changes with Reyes than than Trevor Cahill? Well, or or someone else who's been injury prone. Who's well? First off, first off, when it comes to Trevor Cahill, is a lot cheaper. Um, but I, I think you missed what I was trying to say when it came to Buxton. I was saying that Reyes is a guy that we've had hyped up year after year after year coming into the drafts, and everybody seems to be waiting on, and it just hasn't happened yet. Now, now in the case of Reyes. Well, Buxton's like twenty-five. Forget Buxton. I'm talking about just, but in general, like, like you're. I just feel like this is you contradicting yourself. Like your strategy, you always go for these guys who have injury risk, fall to a good ADP because his AD. All right, so his ADP, you don't like it, but who else has his type of stuff at this point? Like he has the craziest risk reward at this point of pitchers because he's in his his stuff is elite. It's elite. I don't know if you agree with me that like he's he's an ace. No, he, well, he's an ace if everything goes right. If he can if he can harness the command to to an extent, but if he's if he doesn't have the command, I I don't know. I mean, like he like he's he might end up being a reliever if he can't but command his stuff to any kind of level. So listen, obviously what they're doing is they're they're stretching him out in the pen. They're gonna see they're gonna try to get him at, at a level where he's consistently making games, not getting injured, and he could prove that he could be healthy enough to enter the rotation. And this rotation has guys like you said, Wainwright, Adam Gant. I'm sorry, Adam Wainwright, John Gant. Um, and those four or five spots are terrible. Like Wainwright's terrible, Gant is terrible. Um, and this is an, this is an actual ace, and they have a pretty good pen. So, like, it's, I, think, I think it's only a matter of time. I think the ADP is phenomenal. I think you're buying the upside here is an ace midseason. And I'm just surprised that you're – I'm just very surprised that you're against this, this, this pick here. I am so for it, taking the shot in the, in the 19th round on a guy who could be a top 20 pitcher the rest of the way. So, Nick, I do have a question for you. Do you think there's any conceivable way that he gets past 130? 130 innings? Yeah. Um, 
Well, as far as what you think he's going to be on, are you asking me if he's going to be on an innings limit? I'm asking you that if if everything goes right, do you think that he passes 130 innings? Whatever everything means. I think I think his I think I I project his max at 130. Okay, which is what I said. Okay, no, I'm, I'm yes, just making which is sure fine. that we're, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I'm but just I'm making sure that his, we're all on and I'm board taking with his, that. I'm taking his 130 quality innings over Rich Hill's 130. But you're innings. talking about Alex Reyes's absolute best case scenario in terms of innings. Are you though, right? Because uh, how could you take how could you take Reyes's 130 over Rich Hill when Rich Hill has a long body of work? I mean, maybe maybe at the price, but even still, right? Hill's cheap, and Pat Pat. We can't dismiss Pat's comment regarding potential control issues, right? Uh, just based on the fact that he's coming off of two yeah, years of injuries. Okay, all right, yeah. Based on that, fine. But based on track record, like he could, he could give you the control issues he's had with the K per nine that he's had. Like it's Rodney yeah, but Ray. then, but then he's not going to be as good as Rich Hill, no matter what, right? If he has a control issue, yeah, is Rich Hill still popping ten plus K per nine? Yeah, but I think Reyes has upside of like twelve plus K per nine, like Chris Sale K per nine. Okay, so and Rich Hill's gonna walk like three guys less per nine. I mean, I think I think if you think Two that I think if you think that Reyes is is King at twelve K per nine, then yes, <laughs> you're definitely buying in. I don't know if I don't know if I see that quite yet, especially as a starter, right? I think as a reliever, twelve is probably a, lo- a lower bound on. Yeah, but he has the pitches. No, no, I know, I know you're right, but dude, to to start right out of the gate at 24, right? Because he's essentially starting right out of the gate. I mean, he has got 50, 50 MLB innings. He's got like 50 MLB innings over like the last three years. I I I I know, but like he's got like three plus plus pitches. I I I get it, right? I get it. I get, get it. it. This All is right, a dice roll. This is a dice roll, and if. This is the perfect time to roll the dice. That's what I'm I mean, saying. We just said I, that and, I don't, and, I, and, 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 and you know what? I don't even disagree with that, but it's a team construction thing. No, because you're in, you're in around 19, yeah, around 20. I, so. I kind of I agree with Nick. Right? Okay. Yeah, like this it doesn't point, matter anymore. Doesn't matter. Exactly. That's my point, Joe. Like at this point, you're rolling the dice on, on this guy. You, that, that's it. Like you're rolling the dice on Paddock. Is Paddock going after him? Yes. Should be. Okay. Should and, be. Paddock, and Paddock, there's no way he's throwing 110 innings, but right now, I don't know about that. How about that? Well, what's his innings cap? <laughs> fat. I don't have no idea what he's <laughs> There's no – yeah, what did you say? I'm fat? <laughs> Pat just goes, I'm fat. What? No, his innings His innings limit, Um, I don't know. Pat threw like 90 innings last year. So, I mean, he's like – his best case is probably like – Probably like also 130. Nah, nah not 150. There's no yeah. way. Yeah. I've, I've definitely seen major league pitchers jump – 60 yeah, but not the Padres when they stink. Yeah, they've got yeah, no. I don't know. Are they gonna stink? Yes. Do we know <laughs> no. they're going to stink? Yes. Nah, but uh, they could be the Braves. So l- listen, let's let's stay on let's stay on this for one second before we move on. So Reyes, Joe, me, and you were on with the dice roll at this point because it, you're you're rolling the dice on a guy who could be an ace the rest of the season, right? And if he comes up if he comes up mid season and you're in a head to head, you've got an ace week to week the rest of the way, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Not necessarily. You have a shot at an age. Sure, yes, sure. Pat. But that's what we're okay. trying. That's what we're trying to do here, right? So, so, Joe, what's what's where do you have him overall? Uh, starting pitcher. Do you have it in front of you? Uh, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I don't know where I have him. Okay. 
All right. All right. Let's on. move it to Joe Musgrove, 212.55, a popular sleeper. Does Musgrove break out in 2019? Joe. Uh, hmm. Musgrove is an interesting case, right? So he he has excellent command and control. Well, excellent control. I don't know about command, but it's getting there, right? Um, he's a case of he's a case of you know potentially potentially getting there. I mean, I I know I sound like I'm talking in circles right now, but <laughs> like he's got the upside of like an 8K per nine, right? Low low twos or even one 1.9 walks per nine ish. I mean, I, I haven't projected for like a four ERA and like a 1.3 whip. So I'm definitely high on Musgrove. I think he can, I think he can break out. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. I, I, I love him. Like I'm, this is one of the guys that I'm absolutely in love with. I think okay. So, so since we went on that huge rant, Reyes or Musgrove? Um, Musgrove. Musgrove. I have Musgrove over him. I like Thank this you. Is, I, that I love was him. exactly my point. Go ahead. That, no, that wasn't exactly your point, Tucker Carlson. Yes, it was. Don't don't don't, <laughs> don't like an idiot, please. Tucker Come on. Listen. <laughs> Nick, you watch way too much Fox News. I know. <laughs> <laughs> listen. Um, yeah, I, I listen, I love Musgrove. Um he's got five pitches um and his fifth pitch is probably his best pitch which is a change up he's got he's got to tweak the pitch mix a little bit and if he does he could be really 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 special i think that what we have here is a legit future breakout i think it's going to come this year um the pirates have a pretty decent rotation um and you know musgrove's had issues with home runs in the past those have gone down since he's been in pittsburgh um that issue was solved if he just messes with the pitch mix, throws a change up more, throws certain pitches less, I think that um, he's got the stuff to be a, a true breakout and could could be something like a like a Kyle Hendricks ish type of play at this point. I love, yeah, I, love I, I mean, I think the I think the recipe is use the cutter slider combo more. Yeah, but I don't know. You never know, right? Because the Pirates freaking love the sinker. I mean, at least Tyone kind of got away from it. Yeah. Hmm. Use the change more. They this is this is a case where Musgrove did something pretty similar to what Tyone did, and he de-emphasized the fastball and started to throw his secondary stuff more, and in particular the slider. And the slider is a plus pitch, and Nick, as you mentioned, the change is a plus pitch. So you've got a guy that's got good fastball command and two plus secondary offerings. I absolutely think he can break out. Um, you know, the peripherals in the second half, the final two months of the season were in the low threes. The results weren't there, but it was because he had a 57% strain rate. That's not going to stick. The park is good. The defense should be good behind him. Um, and you have a staff that's showing some philosophical changes, which I think will help him because they will, they're apparently more open to embracing this sort of secondary stuff than they've been in the past rather than just grooving 92-mile-per-hour yeah. fastballs. Over See, Chris Archer. Um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely in on Musgrove. I do think he's got a pretty decent shot to break out this year. Yeah, so, like, I, I think the thing about Musgrove, too, is I, I think the floor is pretty safe. Um, I know, right, like in 17, it, that the 4.77 ERA, but he got crushed in terms of home runs. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's true talent, right? I think, like, the floor is probably, like, a 4 ERA. So um, he could definitely beat that. Yeah, he's still and he's still twenty six. It's just it's just a matter of 
it really is just what we're going to do with his pitch mix. If they make the right decisions as far as what he throws and what he doesn't throw, more or less, he's going to he's going to like cruise. He's going to be really good this year. Yeah, season. right. And yeah. instead of on you know three two nibble or you know grooving one, maybe you nibble a little bit more. So yeah. maybe you walk a few more guys. Yep. Right. Which is yeah, fine. That sort of thing. Yep. Agreed. Okay, let's move it to Kenton Maida, 213.32, or Jake Arrieta, 215.84. Which veteran do you prefer, and do you think one or both are underpriced? Nick. All right, so this is interesting because we're, we're – I think we're all Maida guys. Year after year, we're I'm like, why, on board. Yeah, yeah, why, on why board. is he so low? Year after year, he provides – It's an innings thing. It's an innings thing, exactly. And he's to the bullpen. He's a guy that – they exactly. tend to put in the ball yep, and he's been he's been an ace in the pen. I mean, he's been sick in the bullpen. Um, but uh, Arietta is is weird because like I used to hate him because of his ADP. Like he used to be he used to go so high because he cruised up that one you know, that year when he had a sub two ERA, um, and he uh, lived off a of name power for a while. But now he's entering a realm where I kind of like really like the ADP. Um, yeah, I do too. I'm yeah. with you. I like the ADP and I like the innings. So this this is a team comp pick. So um, it's really quality innings versus innings. And I think that Meta will have the better innings, have the better ratios. The K per nine took a huge jump last year, not a little jump, a huge jump. Um, but you worry about the Dodgers, you know, just quick judgment to throw people in the pen when something happens and. Uh, you do kind of worry about that, and can he throw over 140 innings? Meta, we don't know. Arietta is a sure thing. Like if he's healthy, he's going to throw 170. He's going to provide you with his, probably a, just under a sub four ERA and decent ratios. Um, I'm probably taking Arietta in a vacuum, surprisingly, but it's extremely close. And and based on my team comp, I would take Meta in certain situations. They're very 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 close. I like Meta has the better stuff, and I like Meta better. If Meta was getting 170, it wouldn't even be close. I'm kind of out on Arietta. Um, we've got like three years in a row of worse stuff, swing strike rates going down. Um, you know, he's not striking guys out as often. I, I'm just not. I'm not really that interested anymore. I'd rather. I'd rather have the 130 innings of good baseball than the 170, 180 of you know, innings eater type baseball. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm on board with Meta over Arietta, but I do like Arietta a little bit uh, before I give my spiel on Arietta though. I mean, Meta's got the two plus breakers and I agree with Nick. You're, you're looking at a picture that if the Dodgers would be willing to throw him in a greater volume of innings, uh, you could be looking at a, a significant value at this point. But even at even at this price, the 130 really good innings are worthwhile. Um, Arietta, the volume, the velocity is up this spring, which is a really nice sign. Uh, Joe, you mentioned that he's in in a couple of years decline. Well, last year he actually was dealing with a knee injury for most of the season. Yeah, that came out surgery late, on, right? Well, he had surgery on it in the off season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're saying he's faking. <laughs> no, no, but I just don't know. I, I just don't, don't know, know how much that, that effect, effect, effect. He just everything. went and had surgery on his meniscus you know, just I, because. No, 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 <laughs> but I, I think something else that's worth mentioning too, right, is 
the decreased cutter usage, right? The cutter is what pretty much made the breakout in 14 and 15. And then, you know, he was at 18% and 16, 14% and 17. It was up a little bit back up to 23, 24% last year. But I just wonder if he's lost feel of that pitch. Yeah, I think I think that is part of part of his issue, definitely. And I think it's I think it's a two part equation. One was the velocity, which he's apparently rebounding on, and the other part is the cutter. What's now, rebounding like back up to ninety four? He's at, he's throwing ninety five. Oh. Hello. So he's got the rebounding velocity. If he can get the cutter back in order, um, you know, he was a top thirty pitcher in twenty seventeen. I know everybody kind of use him as being in this sort of steep decline, but it's just because his peak was so high. 2017 was a perfectly representable year. If he did that again at this price, you would be thrilled because it would be a very easy profit. Plus he's going to have, I think, a better defender behind the plate. Plus the Phillies defense is going to be better this year. Yeah, Bryce Harper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, highlights the importance of just getting innings. Right. He was at 168 innings and he was top 30. I mean, yeah. So, so just got to so get to innings, so I guess. You don't think it's, it is kind of team comp, no? Like, if you don't have the innings, then you probably take Arietta, or is it not even close for you, Joe? It's made it every time. Uh, I guess, I guess so, but. Yeah, I mean, I'd have a hard time buying just, just the innings. Pat, I think is it, is it almost always I'd rather have it. Or is it team comp based? Or is it always Meta? Like for me, it's. it's I think it's my, I, my question, Nick. My question is: Is one thirty plus fifty replacement better than Jake Arrieta? I think probably. I don't know about that. I don't like. Yeah, like, and you're you're using like twenty eighteen as the outlier on Arietta, and it's really it, it's his highest ERA, Joe, since like Baltimore ever. Yeah, like. You know what? I'll I'll say this. I'm comfortable being wrong on this. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I like the way I wasn't allowed to use Team Comp on Alex Reyes, and Nick has used it like three times. Yeah, three times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Musker. Okay. Musker. <laughs> <laughs> Newcomb to twenty point two eight. Take another step. If you don't believe he can, are you out, Nick? This is one of your guys. Ah, this wasn't my guy last year. Was being the operative word. <laughs> yeah, so listen, uh, bottom line is this. Uh, last year I was all, all over him for a couple of reasons. Um, the breaking stuff is insane. The changeup is really good. Um, he threw the slider more than I thought he would, which was nice, and the slider is, is, is a nice pitch. Um, he didn't generate enough swing and miss, honestly. I thought he would generate a lot more, um, and I think he's going to this year, but the control is it, – it's – it's if just, he at best. Yeah, it's you're it's Robbie Ray times like two. It's it's yeah, really he's gotta t- be effectively wild and at times he wasn't. Yeah, and if if he's like oh even if his even if his K per nine does hit nine seven five, which is definite like like I think he's gonna be a ten K per nine guy like very soon. If it's four and a half, like if he's walking four and a half guys per nine, then it's tough. That that number's gonna come down and I just I don't know if it's ever going to come like under 4.15 or 4. So um, I don't know. I He's tough to gauge. If you need Ks, if you need Ks take him. He's going to get innings. Um, he's going to get 170 this year, I think, easy with his eyes closed. 
And he'll, he'll give you, I think, a sub four, just under a sub four ERA with the nice caper nine. But he's going to walk a ton of guys. And if you're in a head-to-head league, you're going to want to shoot yourself. Yeah, it's with a whip of one, six, five. Yeah, he's yeah. a whip bomb. It's just so hard to succeed. What was the whip last year? 1.43, oh I think, something God. like that. Wow. It's just so hard to bad. succeed when two-thirds of the time you're throwing a fastball and you still almost walk five per nine. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? Like, the fastball was his best pitch, which was very surprising to me because when I think of Newcomb, I think of the big hammer curve, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the fastball was really what drove him last year. The Which change wasn't special. Um, the hammer curve wasn't special either, even though it has the potential to be. He's apparently been working on a slider, which Hello. is interesting. But, you know, I mean, why wouldn't he throw his fastball 60% of the time when it's the only pitch that works? Sure. So uh, are we buying? What's. No. Are you? So you're not buying Joe? No, he's too wild for me. Am I buying? No. You're not buying the CDP? Uh, no. Okay, I- I'm buying it still. So. Nope. And, I'm, and, I'm, I'm really just not interested. And I and really, it's the reason what Pat said. Like, if if his fastball worked last year and he's able to find some control with his other pitches, the breaking stuff is really good. There's a chance that he could put it together, and I don't think his ceiling is is crazy. That's the thing. Like the risk you're taking here, he's still not, not going to be a top, you know, 30 pitcher, but um, he could return some value, some value and okay. get you a lot of K's. The whip wasn't as bad as, as I represented it. It's 1.33. Yeah. 1.43 is like insanity. That's like crazy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move to a guy I am buying, Colin McHugh, 2.4. Returning to a starting role after a year in the bullpen. What do you think of McHugh entering 2019? Joe. You started off. All right, I'll start it off. Uh, I've always been a McHugh guy. Uh, I was on him the year he broke out. McHugh was incredibly impressive last year in the pen. He saw his velocity tick up and refined his slider cutter. Um, it, it's The pitch classification gets mixed up on sites, but whatever the pitch is. Um, it was fantastic. He's got a rule to himself in the starting rotation. Uh, last year, the fastball was up to 92 out of the pen. If he can keep some of the velocity, that will help. But even without it, McHugh has posted strong swinging strike rates in excess of 10% in every season that he's been in Houston. As a starter, he posted a 3.7 ERA, an 8.4 K per nine, 3.4 K to walk, and a 1.25 whip with matching peripherals. And each year, the swing strike rate was over 10% and as high as 12%. If you look at what starting pitchers ended up as top 40 arms, you'll see that McHugh's 2014 to 2017 average ranks somewhere between the top 30 and the top 40. And that's just who he was. So like now, if you look back from last year at the work in the bullpen, 72 innings, 11.7K per nine, 1.99 ERA, it was totally dominant. The stuff certainly played up in shorter appearances. But listen, he's thrown approximately 150 innings over the last two years. Let's say he gives his arm a little, let's say that gives his arm a little more juice because it's been well rested and he's more 91 than 90. When he, when he was throwing 91 in 2014, he was a pitcher with a 2.73 ERA 
with peripherals in the low threes and a caper nine over nine. So I think there's real upside here and a pretty safe floor as well. Kind of the combination we talked about with Musgrove, but maybe a little better without, of course, the job security that Musgrove has. Has what was? Does anyone know what the velo has been in spring training over multiple innings or no? I don't think that I've seen that information. Joe? I'm going to try and find it. I mean, so so like Pat said, um, even if the velo drops still in 2014. So the velo last year, you said it climbed up what, to 92? Yes. 92. And, and in 2014, to the, like the rest of his years as a starter, it was 91. That's it? He so was it. 91 in 2014, and then he was 90 the other three years. So you think that the, that – that one or two mile per hour is the big difference in that huge jump, or was it a matter of improving his uh, curveball and cutter? I think well, the 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 cutter had a marked improvement last year. I think the extra tick on his fastball certainly helped because I think and Joe, you can correct me if I'm mistaken on this, but I think McHugh is a high spin guy. So I think he's kind of like Jay Happ, where his fastball plays up a little bit, even though it doesn't have the velocity. But every little tick will help, along with the spin rate. Hmm. Looking that up too. I can't he had, recall. He had, he, had a, he had a thirty-five percent ground ball rate and a .75 home run per nine. Yeah, he's a he's a he's in the seventy-fourth percentile for spin. So okay, yeah, yeah. top. So top he's got decent spin. Twenty-five percent. Damn, I'm trying to find the VO notes. Yeah, sometimes they don't have them because the ballparks don't have them. Like he should have been like the one point nine nine jumps up the screen because it's over, it's under two, but it's one point nine nine. But it should have been probably a two five, right? Like, yeah, it was a bit lucky. So even if like the velo does drop a tick or two and he and he finishes with a three five ERA, it's still going to come with strong K per nine, strong walk. So I, I'm with you as well, Pat. I'm I'm in on the Q totally. Uh, but did see. they send him? But but he was so good in the pen. Did they send him back when Josh James comes back and when Whitley, Whitley eventually comes? Well, that's nah, just it. I think Peacock's the first to go. Yeah, I think so, Peacock's the first to think, go unless he's absolutely dominant. And then well, Miley. Yeah, okay, yeah. so so Peacock's the first to go back to the pen. Yes. Yeah, unless he's totally dominant and Miley's. Totally yeah, unless if this changeup is like the next best thing, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be. All right, Joe. What do you think is the Astros guy? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm on board. I'm on board. Um, I don't think it takes uh, a huge leap to see him succeed. He doesn't even have to be as good as he was in the pen. He doesn't he, even if he's as good as he was in 2017 over a prolonged stretch. I mean, we're talking about J pretty much Jake Arrieta at this point then, um, but he's a little bit cheaper. Um, but I think there's a a better path to potentially having more upside than Arietta. So that's why, yeah, I'm I'm on board. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Ross Stripling, 224.14. While some are freaking out over Julio Urias, Dave Roberts stated that Stripling was the next man up in the event that Kershaw or anybody else fell out of the rotation due to injury. Do you think he can run with the opportunity if Kershaw or another pitcher is out? When When is this ADP from? This is from February 1st through today. Hmm. I'd be curious to see or it's a like couple of days ago. I should more say. recently. Well, what was the recent news? The most recent news on Kershaw was he threw a 35 pitch bullpen session. 
but he did not throw his curveball. I will look up the most recent ADP while one of you talks. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board, right? Yeah, Stripling yeah. was awesome last awesome. year. Awesome last year, um, right? Pitch mix changed a, a little bit, but he got the perfect mix. Um, I, I mean, he was great. He, he wasn't even that bad in 2017, right? He was almost 9K per 9, um, you know, a mid-3 ZRA, right? We've got a, a pretty good body of work, right? He's uh, like a mid-25% or a mid-20s K percentage guy. Um, swing strike rate is upwards of 11%. I mean, we're talking about a guy that can give you some serious quality innings. He's definitely going to play Dodger Roulette, but so is Meta. So is everyone not named Bueller, essentially. They have to trade somebody. They're they're going to play they're gonna play pitching roulette with any everyone not named Bueller. So why not grab a guy that can give you 130 innings of excellent baseball? Stripling is, stripling is about 20 picks higher. And this is even yeah, okay, that makes sense. This is so he's let's he's see. between Lester and Musgrove. Lester and Musgrove. What so twenty picks higher, that's like two hundred. So we started with James at two hundred since February first. Yeah, you could probably take stripling you probably take James's ADP and put it on stripling and take stripling's ADP and put it on James at this point. Yeah, see, so like that's that's exactly how I have it. I have stripling, stripling and meta. It's like Give me whichever one. It doesn't matter. They're both they're both great. Actually, I'd rather have Shipling because I me think too. his ERA is uh, going to be lower than Meta. But yeah, I'm on board. Sorry, that was like a long rant to tell me to tell you how much I love Shipling. No, this is this is like one of those confusing things because the Dodger rotation is completely stacked, and now Urias is throwing really well, and he was their stud prospect, and now he's ready to go. So I mean, I think Urias is the guy that's going to wind up being in the pen, like to start. Um, well, I think they said that Urias is like what, like the innings aren't going to be anything special this year. It's no, be, there's yeah, to be like eighty to a hundred. I think they said. Yeah, I mean, how could it not be? Yeah, yeah, but 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 people don't think like that, guys. Yeah, I mean, I I know it. I know it sounds insane, but it's the truth. People think that Urias is going to throw like two hundred innings. I mean, right? Like Urias is just like Reyes in that, like the absolute highest, highest. If he's crazy stretched. This is going to be like 120, 130 innings, and that'd be that'd be probably like beyond peak. Honestly, I think if you gave me like the choice between the two, and the workload was the same, I think I would take Urias oh, over Stripling. No, Reyes. He's he's oh, that's oh crazy. over over. Nah, yeah, I'm <laughs> that's there. crazy. Um, okay. Well, yeah. Listen, it's it's just when it comes to the Dodger rotation in general. When we talk about Meta, and we talk about Ryu, and we talk about Stripling, and all these guys, it's just it's just really tough to to gauge because they're they've been they've got so many guys um, and they got so many guys that could get injured. But I'm willing to bet that between Ryu and Kershaw and Hill, these are three very very injury prone guys. And Meta, um, and well, Meta's not injury prone. I think it's more we'll throw him in the the pen. But um, I'm, I mean, strictly like injury, like guys who just don't get the innings. Um, Stripling eventually will be in that rotation, and he's so freaking good. Like stuff wise, he's better. I think he's better than Mater personally. I would put him over Mater if the same innings. I would I would put Stripling over Mater. That's what I just said. That's what yeah. I just said. Yeah, so I would take him as well. Um, so I, I like the ADP a lot. I'm definitely on the dice. The risk reward here is too high. Did Did you guys talk about Ryu last time? Yes. So is right. I I'm sorry. I I actually didn't get all the way up to that part. But is Ryu? Yeah, no, boomy, boomy, boomy. But so is Ryu like in the same 
same area for you guys, or Not is he further? Me. No, he's further he's ahead. I have him higher. He's closer to Hill than he is these two. Yeah, okay. same. I have him above Hill. Okay. Like I think those two are, when they're healthy, they're pretty safe bets to be in the rotation. I think these two are the guys that'll sort they of have, back and they forth. They have like four of the same person. It's really insane. They have to trade one of them. They do. Have no, they trade. don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Please. We've been saying it for years. They finally did trade somebody. They traded yeah, Alex Wood. Yeah, they haven't won yet. <laughs> for the sake of fantasy, trade them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. The, the stuff is the stuff was very impressive last year. 10 plus K per nine, sub two walks per nine. Secondary stuff really drives that 11.2% swing strike rate. Uh, you know, I, I think he can keep something close to that level of performance. And, you know, even if there is some regression here, there's plenty of room to regress. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know that I would project him much more than 130 in the best case, but the innings are going to be good and they'll, he'll find his way to them. It'll just be a matter of what form they come in. You're just going to have to be, uh, I think a little bit patient because I don't think Herschel is going to miss a lot of time to start the year. So I, I don't know that Stripling is going to start with a rotation spot. And even if he does, that's going to be long-term right away. Like, but, but if you're out there listening, like just take a look at what he did month to month Stripling. Like he was like a borderline ace, legit. Yeah, absolutely. That's 100% correct. Okay, Tyler Skaggs, 226.99. Skaggs was excellent for his injury struck. Are you willing to take the chance that he stays healthy? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Nick, go ahead. Yes, I drafted Skaggs last year. Um, and then you promptly cut him so that way you could add John Newcomb. <laughs> yeah. what, how do you – why are you following by every move? People don't forget. <laughs> well, it, oh, yeah, because Newcomb was so bad last year. I traded Newcomb for like Aaron Judge at one how, point. Yeah, I well, remember that. Because I remember uh, it because I, I remember Nick being like, oh, Tyler Skaggs. He's gonna yeah, be I like Skaggs. And then cut him the next day. <laughs> well, because Sean Newcomb. And this is a steel trap. I remember everything. God. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm definitely in on Skaggs. Like, this is the point of the draft where like these values are really, really nice. Um, he's got four good pitches. Uh, he took a step last year. I think this year he takes another big step, and he's a guy that could, in a full season, provide like a three-five ERA, really good ratios, nine K per nine. I'm all over it, and. You know, it, when he does get into the rotation, it, what's what's the – he's injured right now, right? It's a he's throwing tomorrow. So but, he's throwing but, in a game tomorrow. But, but what's the – are they saying that he's in a play opening day? Like the, uh, I think it's up in the air until he throws tomorrow. But so, they, the, injury, the injury wasn't even an injury. It was forearm fatigue. Okay. Which is not good in spring training. But um, – It happens. Uh, he's it happens. As are warming up and, you know, that's – Hey, hey! I mean, I, I I'm just saying, like you know, if you if you haven't done something like throw a bunch of pitches for a while and you're working on a new pitch, yeah, I mean, I think that your arm might get tired from ripping the ball differently. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm totally on the ADP, and um, I think he's a guy that could throw if he throws 150 innings, you're gonna walk away with a ton of value here. I love it. Yeah, yeah, he was a sub three ERA guy with the K rate over a strikeout per inning and a respectable walk rate. 
Um, last year he suffered an abductor strain, missed time, came back, and was just never the same. That ballooned his full season ERA to over four. He's got good stuff. He can command it well. Angels have a good defense behind him, and they have Jonathan Lucroy behind the plate now, and though his bat is not what it used to be, his defense is still good. I'm completely all over Skaggs. I own him in TGFBI, and I intend on owning him everywhere I can. Yeah, we'll make it a clean sweep. I, I mean, who cares about the injury? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm on board. Yeah, his arm is tired. Big deal. Okay, let's do the draft. So much like we did with our outfielders, we are now in the deep end of the pool where it is much more personal preference than track record and performance. So the three of us are going to draft 21 of the remaining starting pitchers with Joe Joe picking first, me picking second, and Nick picking third. And we will do it snake style. So Nick will have the fourth pick, I will have the fifth pick, and Joe will have the sixth pick, and so on and so forth. So, Joe, you've got the first pick. Tell us who you would take of the remaining starting pitchers that we have not discussed during our starting pitching previews. Yeah, so this one was a no-brainer. Uh, this one's Jimmy Nelson. Son of a bitch! Joe got so excited to take him, he put him into the loops. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, this is the easiest one by far, mm. right? We're talking about a guy that can be an ace for your team, um, past pick a billion. I mean, I have him so much higher than this. I have him in my top 40. Um, I was originally Damn. talking to you, Pat, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, I asked you what was the change that happened, and I think if I remember correctly, you had said that there was a a pitch, um, a uh, release point change, right? Yep. So, right, we have we have real real legit data, and then I I eventually looked that up, right? And Pat was right. We have real good data on why he he spiked and turned into an ace in 2017. So we're talking about a guy that can give you ace level stuff and he's basically free. Um, totally in. He pitched well. All his teammates cheered him on. I'm in. All his, yep. all his teammates cheered him on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they watched him uh, his t- throw his first pitches at spring training. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I think he struck out the side, actually. He got hit around a little bit, but I know he struck out the side. That's okay. Um, all right, I'm picking second, and... I'm taking Matt Strom. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I've been on Strom for a number of years. I think he's finally going to get the opportunity to start. Uh, This is a guy that's got a plus fastball from the left side that he commands well. And although he was in the pen last year, he's got a starter's arsenal. Um, The curveball, the change, and the slider are all average or above average pitches. Um, He's a fly ball pitcher, but he's in an excellent fly ball ballpark. He threw, I believe, approximately 70-some-odd innings last year. So I think you're looking at the upside to throw 130, 140. Uh, and I fully expect him to transition into the rotation based upon who is currently projected to be in the rotation, which is Joey Lucchese, potentially Chris Paddock, Chris Paddock, and a whole mess of garbage. So I think that Strom is going to get the opportunity, and I think he's going to run with it finally. Um, all right, so I'm next, and I'm going with uh, Paddock here. It's um, a good pick here. Yeah, he's he's flying up uh, draft boards right now. He Did you see him two days ago? 
Yeah, he's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. He's ridiculous. Um, there's, there's, there's just nothing not to like about this kid. He doesn't walk anyone. He has insane command and control. Um, the question is the innings. And like Pat said, Pat, what was your innings uh, upside with him? 150? Uh, I think he can get to 150. Oh, if he throws 150. I mean, the, the return. That would be crazy. a 60 inning. That would be approximately a 60 inning increase, which is, yeah. I think, where usually where teams are willing to push it to and then just. So I, I think Max, I would say 130, but I would project them for like 110. Um, but if he does give you 110, he's still going to give you a really, really quality 110. Um, like I said, the ratio is going to be insane. Uh, he doesn't give up many home runs, and he plays in a good home run ballpark. There's a lot to like here with this kid. Eventually, like next year, he's going to be – he's going to be like a, possibly a top 100 overall pick. Um, so if you're in a keeper league, this is definitely a really, really good pick here. Okay, you go again. You go again. Okay. Um, all right. So – I, I would have went Alex Wood, but his injury is just – I'm in the dark. They're like not giving me any information on what's going on with him when he's going to throw again, but uh, I would have taken him. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Do I do Whitley or Lasardo? That's the question. Do I go another rookie? Oh, it's Lasardo. There's no question. Yeah. yeah but why is it Lasardo? No question. Because the opportunity is there. Well – the opportunity is there, but what's what's the innings cap on Lasardo? Uh, let's head, see. So he pitched. It's probably he pitched, better than Whitley. He pitched well, ninety-eight last year. Yeah. So like one twenty. I think you're too light on the innings increases. I think he can get to like one sixty at that point. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So I'll take let's take Lazardo Then you talk me into it. <laughs> um, there's a lot to like with him. Obviously. The ballpark is insane. Um, he's the, the home runs are going to go down, and that hasn't even been a problem for him at all in his minor league career. So, um, I think that ERA of last year in AAA is is ridiculous. If you look at AA the year before, though, two point two nine ERA, nine point eight four K per nine, two point zero six walks per nine. The ratios are really good. He doesn't walk many guys. Has good control and command. Really, really good breaking stuff. Um, good fastball. There's a lot to like with this kid and. He's an A. You got to get a draft some A's. All right. Nick took a bunch of young guys, so I'm going to take the oldest man alive, Anibal Sanchez. <laughs> hey, he's pretty good. Anibal had a renaissance season last year when he arrived in Atlanta, and there was a very good reason for it. He started throwing a cutter, which really pulled all of his pitches together. He's not nearly as old as you think he is. I believe he's only 34, um, and he's got a – lockdown starting job in Washington. There could be significant regression to what he did last year, and he would still be an incredibly useful starting pitcher. His ERA was sub three. Even if he kept the skills that accompanied him throwing the cutter and you regressed his ERA to 3.5 or 3.6, he would still be well within a top, 45 to 40 starting pitcher type range. Uh, yeah, I think he's a significant value at this point. All right. So um, I'm going to stick with the kind of old guys, but not really old guys in Michael Pineda. Uh, so like it. I'm with um, you. Yeah. So it's the change of scenery, right? Um, the career in Yankee Stadium was terrible for him. 
giving up all those home runs. He's definitely a hittable guy. He's got Ricky Nolasco in him, but now he's in Minnesota where he can help suppress some, some of those home run woes. Um, and we're talking about a guy that has, you know, 27% K percentage upside, you know, which is like 10 and a half K per nine or so. Right. That's he's done it before. So we know we can do it again. Um, is that probably is up his, his like legit upside? Yeah. You know, maybe he's, he sits at nine, maybe he has a little bit more, uh, he loses a little bit of control coming back from an injury missing all last year. But at this point, um, I'm willing to roll the dice, um, on Pineda in Minnesota. So there you go. Agreed. Approved. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the second guy is I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to take Whitley here. Um, even though I only think that he might get upwards of 80 innings, you never know. There's a chance that someone does get hurt. We lose Peacock and, and, uh, Miley and an assortment of guys. And Whitley has to get the call earlier than we expect. Um, this stuff is just absolutely phenomenal. He's going to be an ace as long as everything goes according to plan. Um, so I'm willing to roll the dice here on a legit ace potential. Okay, and I'm going to take Stephen Matz, who closed the year extremely strong for the New York Mets, and there was a very good reason for it. He started throwing his slider again. Uh, Matz finally came to the realization he's just not a very good pitcher without that pitch, and although it might lead to some discomfort in his arm, um, it's better to be uncomfortable and risk injury than to just be completely terrible and be out of the league. Uh, now, with him throwing that pitch and the fact that the arm tends to be tender or, or sore, there is a likelihood that injury occurs. But at the point that you have to draft him, if you're only getting 110 to 130 innings out of Steven Matz, um, and he is the pitcher he was when he started throwing the pitch, he's going to be well worth the price of admission. He could be basically Rich Hill some well i guess rich hill's a bad example because everybody undervalues rich hill and i think he's a top 35 starting pitcher but you get the drift he he can return significant value at this point yeah i like i like matt he just has those starts where it's just everything goes wrong every once in a while but he didn't have didn't really have those starts once no? he slider okay can i pop the brakes real quick so we're at sure, like we're at like probably what like 65 or 70 now we're at approximately 75. 75, okay. So, um, you know, Nick, I know you're on board with this. I think so, right? A lot of the discussion right now is going on about how, um, you know, the top 10 or 12 or so pitchers. Pat, what only... the hell are you doing right now? I'm opening a beer. Jesus Christ. The top 10 or 12 pitchers or so are the only guys you should really trust. And then pretty much everyone else could be a dice roll and we're talking about steven matz at 75 michael pineda at 74 forrest whitley lizardo paddock i mean these guys all have legitimate potential every single one of them right there's warts about injuries about maybe not making the next step but all of these guys maybe not have, having a job maybe not having a job sure but all of these guys have paths right and there's, there's very little difference between the injury risk at 75 and the injury risk at 20. So, you know, if you do decide to punt starting pitching, 
if you just throw these darts, a ton of them, you're likely going to hit some of them. Hey, I mean, there's, nice there's, a chan- there's a chance that you miss them all and yeah. you totally flounder. But there's just so many guys with potential that I think it, I think you don't have to necessarily spend all the way up for starting pitching. Just make sure you bring your tums because you're going to look at your team after the draft and you're not going to feel very good. But it is definitely a feasible strategy. Yeah. That was it. I just I wanted did, to take I did, a break. I, did it last year. I didn't win, but it worked somewhat. I had a very good team. Um, okay. So uh, my next guy. So this is my absolute deep sleeper, huge breakout, number one guy that I'm all over this year. Um, I, I pick that one guy every year, and it's Corbin Burns. Um, not being talked about a lot, but uh, the stuff is really, really good. Anyone who's watched him in relief. He's on my list. I agree. Okay. Yeah, anyone who watched him last year in relief, the guy was just straight up filthy. He's got the velo, and he just added a change up and a sinker um, you know, to, to, to have a bigger arsenal as a starting pitcher, um, and they're going to give him a shot. So if this kid comes out of the gate running, he's gonna. I think he's going to run away with the job. Because his stuff is really, really, really good. He had a really nice year last year out of the pen. He had great ratios, 8.29K per nine, 299 walk per nine, 261 ERA. Um, you know, didn't give up any home runs. Uh, yeah, he, he had a lot of – he had a 49% ground ball rate, and he's a spin rate guy. So there's a lot going for this this kid. I think he's going to be um, – there's a chance that he could be an absolute huge breakout. And he's still 24 years old, and now he's got five pitches. So – it may be a year where they're tinkering with his pitch mix and he's getting used to being a starter, or he could just, like I said, hit the ground running and just be an awesome value at this point. Either way, I like his future. Um, and what's the second guy? I got Burns and – sorry, Pat. I'm going Trevor Cahill here. That's okay. Um, I'm yeah, glad so, you're giving him some props. Yeah. So when Cahill's healthy, he's really good. I mean, see last year, quality innings, 110 innings. Um, eight K per nine, three walks per nine. He had a sub four ERA. Um, it should have been probably a three, five ERA. Um, and this, this rotation is wide open. You've got injuries, not a Haney. You've got Otani out. So the innings could be had. It's just a matter of K. He'll stay healthy, which has been his bugaboo. Um, if he has that one year where he could just put it together and throw one fifty. I mean, that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's like, that would be an absolute blessing, but Hey, listen, it's, if he does it, it's, you're going to get a huge payback, huge. So I'm, I'm taking Cahill here. Yeah. I just want to piggyback on you for a second with Cahill, Nick, because I am the Cahill guy. Um, He was clocked at 95, which is fantastic news. That means the VLO um, is up over last year. And two, the Angels brought in Jonathan Lucroy, who he had excellent results with last year as his catcher. So uh, I always like to see where a pitcher-catcher combination has worked together and worked together well. And now you're changing teams, but those two are still together. That's good news. And the Angels infield defense is spectacular. And Cahill, as we know, is a ground baller. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one, obviously. Um my next pick is a guy that we've mentioned in passing tonight, Brad Peacock. Um, yeah, there's there are paths for him to get taken out, Forrest Whitley, for one, uh, ineffectiveness for another. Um, but when Peacock started in um, 
I believe it was 2016, Joe, is that correct? That yeah. he made his way into the rotation. He was spectacular. He was a uh, in excess of, I believe, oh, 10 Ks per nine. Uh, he posted an ERA right around three. He didn't have – he didn't go that deep into games based upon his arsenal, but he's got a fastball and a very, very good slider, and apparently he's been working on his change again. And if he can find a third pitch, that could be the key to unlocking um, a pitcher that's got, dare I say it, top 35 type upside um, because the slider is so good. If you added an average – third pitch to it, it could make all the difference in the world. Um, but even without it, I, I think he's the fourth best starting pitching candidate on the team right now that is healthy. And as a result, I'm believing that the results will be there and he will not be taken out right away. So I'm hoping for a hot month and then to flip him because I do think eventually he will be taken out. But even if he does, I still expect him to succeed in a bullpen role. All right. So uh, first guy I'm going next is um, a guy that made some changes to the pitch mix and saw some huge success in Matt Boyd. So the big thing here was the slider. Um, the change in the slider and the increased usage in the slider, he saw a lot of success. Now, the knock on Boyd is that he plays for Detroit. So – the defense is going to be pretty atrocious, um, but the lineups that he's facing are going to be pretty bad. Couple of that with the news just the other day that Boyd was pumping 94. Um, I think that there's more upside if he continues to, to, to get a feel for the slider and increase its usage. Um, it should be very good things for Boyd. So here, I don't know if he doesn't have any type of ace upside, but he's got a really good innings eater type four um, that won't kill you in ratios. So uh, I'm going Matt Boyd here. And then uh, the second guy I'm going with is this is sort of a dice roll that um, I'm not really sure how, how well this might pan out, but it's Zach Eflin. So Eflin's had a huge jump in VLO or a two mile an hour jump in VLO last year. And that was backed by a mechanical change. Now the knock on Eflin is that he's going to have to fight for a role as uh, Philly's, you know, jam packed with either long relievers or relievers in general. Eflin might be in AAA, but even last year, um, over 130, over 128 innings, right? He was like eight and a half K per nine with a four, three, six ERA. Um, but uh, with a 3.80 fit, there's some potential for some upside, um, especially considering that the Phillies defense is better. So there's no guarantee that he'll get the starting role but if he does i'm in with the increased velo yeah and i know he scores pretty well on the aces metric um as well and i know that nick you were very uh keen on that mm -hmm. um what, nick what are you what are your thoughts on f1 then um kind of boring or yeah there 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 are so many other guys i like over him here but i i don't i don't mind him but like i have like seven or eight guys that i'd probably rather have over him at this point fair okay i'm gonna take kyle gibson um i had him last year he is sort of boring but he's posted reliable innings and over the last year and a half he's actually been um 
a, a very good starting pitcher, um, not quite to an elite level, but a pitcher you can rely on for a between mid threes to high threes ERA with an eight plus K per nine. Um, I think he started to wear down at the end of last year a little bit, um, but he was in the midst of a very good season. Um, the slider and the change are both very good pitches. The fastball is not so much, but he's got a pretty good defense behind him in Minnesota as well. Um, it's not the sexiest pick, but I could definitely see him returning top 50 value at like a top 80, 85 type price. Um, all right. So I'm going to go first with, I guess I'll take Soroka first. Um, so I'm taking the, uh, obviously this is a dice roll here. The guy just hasn't been able to really stay healthy, but uh, if he does, um, he's got really well, he's good- not healthy. Yeah, he's well, not right now. Yeah, but I mean. Okay, I'm just making sure that that's out there. I'm not. What was that? I'm making sure that that's clear that he's not healthy. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's baked into the ADP here, right? Like last year, wasn't he kind of going higher, or he was he was being talked about more last year? Uh, no, he wasn't going higher, but he was definitely a hot pickup in season. Okay, and he was going higher earlier in drafts before he got hurt. All right. Well, look, I mean, so my point is this, like, so spring training, he's, he's already got a shoulder issue last year. He had an issue. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he kind of is already labeled as this like scary injury prone guy. But if you look at 2017, 2016, like he threw 153 innings in double a the year before he threw 143 innings in, in single a ball. Um, so my point is, is that when he does come up, when he eventually gets into the rotation, which, it's really not a hard rotation to get into at this point with the Braves. Um, he's he's going to accumulate a lot of innings if he stays healthy. Like there's not going to be an innings cap, and with the stuff that he has, I think that he could be um, a legit future number two pitcher. I don't know if he has the stuff to be an ace, but the four seamer, two seamer are, are great. Um, the slider and the changeup look good. He's got a nice pitch mix. It, it, it's just a matter of. How long is it going to take him to develop it, put it all together, make tweaks, yada, yada, yada. I don't know if this is the year that he could possibly break out, but I like the value here um, on a guy who could possibly present like a sub-375 ERA with really nice ratios. And I don't know. I, I think he could throw 130 this year. like Because they're, they're not saying this, that the shoulder injury is that in, uh, serious. Like he has a chance to start opening day. Um, so even if you project him for, a let's say, a – mid-April, uh, he comes in mid-April, I think he pitches all the way through from mid-April to the end of the season because he's, he has the innings. So I, I like the roll the dice here with Soroka. Um, next up, I'm taking Luke Weaver, <laughs> my boy. Damn it! Snipes! Yeah, last year he killed me, but, I mean, last year he was going, what, like 110 overall? It was like Damn. you had to choose between him and Luis Castillo. Now you're choosing between him and, like, uh... Matt Boyd and Mike Fires. So uh, the value is nice on a guy who has really, really good control. Um, he doesn't walk many guys at all. Uh, last year he had his up and ups and downs in, in St. Louis, real ups and downs, extremely inconsistent season. But you see flashes. And um, I'm willing to bet on a 25-year-old kid in a new ballpark with a pretty decent pitch mix um, that he could find his way. And last year, I think that the the, the 495, let's just call it a 5 ERA, was a bit unlucky. It should have been more like a 425. And uh, I would not be surprised this year if he had a sub 4 ERA. W- once again, he'll have strong ratios. And 
uh, he'll eat innings. He's gonna, he's you know, if he, if he, I think he, I think he's good for one forty plus, one fifty plus, and with upside of one sixty, one seventy. So I'm, I'm, I love Luke Weaver's value here. Yeah, I'm with it, obviously, because you snipe me. Um, okay, so my next pick is Derek Hollins, the Dutchman. Wow. <laughs> the Netherlands. Yo, I'm on this. Yeah, he he made a change last year to throw his breaking stuff more and was excellent. Absolutely excellent, both as a starter and reliever in San Francisco. And he stayed in San Francisco this offseason. Um, I think that ballpark is the absolute best for him and many other pitchers um, because it will curtail the home runs a bit. The division is also not bad. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I don't expect him to be as successful as he was last year, but I see very little reason why he can't be mid to high three ZRA, eight and a half K per nine, and and be a useful member of your staff. This is on me. God, it's so yeah. dirty though. What, Derek Collins? <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those. Yeah, things. but it's not but, that dirty when you really dig in and you look yeah, at it. Like, like. Yeah, my next guy is so. Go ahead, Joe. You go. All right. So my next guy is. Oh man, this guy's been around for a long time. But Anthony Desclafani. So oh, Disco. The big thing that's got me interested this year is that he is has said that he is committed to throwing a curveball, and he's throwing it a lot already in spring training. Um. So how is this, it? Um. I haven't actually seen it yet. To be fair. Um, so I have to take a look, but still just having a, just having a third pitch has me interested. Um, you know, the, the fastball slider isn't the best, but he has shown before that he can be good, right? He's been three, two, eight ERA good. He's been three, six, seven FIP good, you know? So he's been okay. Last year he was up to an eight, four, five K per nine. Now you throw in a, a, a higher usage curveball coupled with the, the fastball slider, I mean, there's a recipe for success. So at this point, I'm willing to roll the dice here. The second guy I have is uh, Nick Kingham. So Kingham, I own last year. Um, it was pretty frustrating. He he pitched his first game. He was brilliant. And then he was up and down the rest of the season. But cle- I, I think there's, just like Descafani, there's a path for Kingham. Um, the slider's pretty good. The fastball's not so good. Um, you know, a a change in pitch mix again, increased usage of the slider. Hopefully, the like like Pat had mentioned earlier that the Pirates are going to hopefully change, and they are changing their philosophy on the, the sinkers. So you get more sliders from Kingham. Um, he has a path to success. Um, so I'm actually really on board with a lot of the the Pirates this year. I think that the philosophy change could go Dang. a long way to helping these guys. Dang. And I really struggle with this one. I'm looking at my sheet, and I'm actually going to go me. away from Don't it. Me. I'm going to take Caleb Smith right. um, of the Marlins. Uh, you may recall at the beginning of last year, there was a lot of buzz about him because he was striking guys out left and right in Miami. Um, his caper nine, I believe, is in excess of 10. Uh, he had some control issues. And is an extreme fly ball pitcher, but obviously that's the ballpark where you want to be an extreme fly ball pitcher. Um, and he's come out this spring. He's looked healthy. He, he, he's looked good off his shoulder injury. Uh, he's got plus velo from the left side. 
I think there's plenty of upside here. It looks to me like a Robbie Ray starter kit. And the fact that he's a fly ball guy as opposed to a guy that gives up a bunch of line drives is a little bit better than Robbie Ray. Um, you know, in terms of bad ball profile, not that he's better than Robbie Ray at this point, but I, he's got the potential to be better than Robbie Ray, I think. Who is this again? Caleb Smith. Okay. Yeah, I like that pick as well. Um, all right. So this guy, I'm going to say right now, I skipped over him. And I'd probably take him over everyone I mentioned tonight. I just missed it. And that's Drew Pomeranz. Um, I've been all over him. Yeah, I've been all over him all yeah. season. There's, there's nothing not to like you. I mean, if you could sit there and argue with me that this is a bad pick to round out your rotation as even your fifth starter, not an extra not an extra pitcher on your team, but an actual uh, every week starter on your team, then I'll tell you right now, you're crazy. I mean, if you look at last year, yeah, the ERA was absolutely ridiculous, but he was injured. He, his home, run, home, runs, home runs per nine were a career high. And if you're it, going to San Francisco. Um, yeah, and listen, the ground ball rate was at a career low. The Babbitt was at a 344. There was just, just – he was throwing like eighty six. <laughs> what clearly like hurt? Yeah, like yeah, was... like so. So that's what I'm saying. Last year, let's just forget, just forget last year. Let's just throw, just throw it out. Yeah, like, a... we don't we don't usually want to do that, but let's just throw it out. Look at 2017 and 2016. They're, they're identical. They're they're like no other pitcher has two years that are this close as far as K per nine, walk per nine, and ERA three three two both years. Um, K per nine nine zero two nine eight one, walk per nine three four three three five eight. You go back to the year before where he when he was with the A's, same deal, like really good ratios and two three five ERA. Now that was when he was with the A's. Here he goes to a similar ballpark, and I don't know, sky's the limit. If he throws 170 innings, which he's done twice already, and if he's healthy, he's going to do. He's gonna return insane value. He's gonna be like the year when Samarja was really good. I think it was his first year in San Fran. Like he's gonna be that good. Oh my god, I'm so in on Samarja too. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Samarja, that's another guy. Yeah. We're, we're out of picks, but we're out yeah. of pick. I mean, is there any other names you guys want to bring up now that we're at it? I mean, we're running relatively short for us. I mean, Samarja is one that's on my list. Mike oh, Miner is another one. Mike Miner, hell yeah. I really like Trevor Richards. Pat hates him. Yeah, Trevor Richards is on my list. No, Trevor Richards was the guy that I was like, oh, I don't know who to pick between him and Kevin Smith. When I, Yo, I wanted both of them. Just Wait, like real no, more. absolutely not. You're totally wrong. I love Trevor Richards. He's got a fantastic changeup. Yeah. Changeup's great. Uh, what about Pablo Lopez? I like him too. I own him in Dynasty. Yeah, but what's his what's his innings this year? Well, he was know. up last year, and I think he threw a pretty good amount of innings. Did he? Yeah, I think he threw like maybe 110 across all well, levels. I don't know that many. Let me I'll see. Look. I'll look. look. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a kid with a, with a good fastball. He gets grounders. I'm, I'm in. He's got a, he's got a curveball, too. Yeah, he pitched uh, 58 major uh, and what's that, 61 and 58, 119. Yeah. Total. Yeah, so he probably gets – he can get to one sixty easy. Get to one sixty easy, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's good then. That's a, that's pretty good value. Yeah, people people speculating that he's going to go down. I, I don't know that that's true. Yeah, I mean maybe he starts down, but whatever. They stink. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I mean, like, why are you wasting the bullets? It doesn't make. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he's so, going to throw the innings no matter what. So wait, so now this is this is um. 
this is a pretty short pod that we did, right? We pretty much flew through it. Yeah, we're we're not even off. Yeah. All right, cool. So listen, this weekend, everyone, a lot of people are drafting. We're drafting. Yeah. How about this? Let's each pick one guy, offense or defense, one guy, one super sleeper going after like pick 250 that we just love. Joe, who's your guy? Who's your guy? 250? I've got to get the ADPs up. Yeah. And how recent are we going here? Are we going from like March 1st? To today, who, like, what are we doing? who's your super deep sleeper that you love? Like that's not being talked about. Like there's that was that one guy. Who's that one guy? With the two fifty, you got to have one guy. I mean, I don't have just got, one guy. I've got a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah got, I mean, like I've there's I can I can be throwing names up like Nate Lowe. Brandon yeah, like Lowe. Jimmy Nelson's going. Post Jimmy Nelson, right? Like we can be talking like, about. Uh, I would be all over Jimmy Nelson. Yonder, um, yonder, Alonzo, real cheap. Freaking! Um, All right, let's do let's do let's do one let's do one pitcher and one hitter. Okay. And let's. Mm, I'm gonna try and find a pitcher that I haven't talked about tonight, or that we haven't talked about tonight that I like, which would probably be on my list. Oh, you know who I like? All right, this is my guy. I really like Brad Keller. Okay. From Kansas City, guy throws oh, yeah, hard. Oh close. What? He could end up closing. No, he's going to oh, start. Yeah, he's going to start. Ace. He's gonna start. That's right. That's right. He had a three ERA last year. He gets grounders like crazy. Um, and if you watch him pitch, the stuff is pretty electric. I think there's upside in the swing and miss um, for, for, for that to develop as well. Maybe not to like a 9-10 level, but I could definitely see he's sort of a Miles Mikolas starters kit without the control. I, I could see 7.5, 8K for 9. Control gets a little bit better as he's exposed. This guy was a Rule 5 draft pick. He was never well thought of. Um, but, I mean, he went through last year, posted a very solid season. They're not going to hold him back based upon the innings that he threw last year. Um, and, you know, the Kansas City defense, while there's a lot of talk about how bad Kansas City is, Kansas City's defense should be pretty good. So uh, I think the Babbitt should be pretty favorable for a guy with a ground ball profile. Yeah. What's um what's Garrett Hampson's ADP right now? Uh, if you're looking for him to be inside that thr- outside that threshold, he's not. Yeah, so and and he's being talked about too much, so I'm not going to bring him up. But I'm I'm going to go with a hitter here. I'm talking about Cedric, Cedric Mullins for a second. Um, Ooh, I like it. Yeah. So there's a couple of things with Mullins. So I've been a fiend, and I love watching spring training games. And this kid looks really, really good. Um, I really like the swing. I think that he has a lot more power than people are projecting him for. Right now, Steamer's projecting 13 home runs um, and 13 steals. I-, I think the speed is a lot better as well than than what the projections are looking at. Um, I think he's got upside as far as the average goes as well. I think everything all around, he just looks a lot better than his projections. He doesn't strike out much. He takes a walk. He's looked really patient to me so far um, at the plate. And I could see him like really easily – easily going 2020 with a 250 260 average so i i i am like in love with this kid i think he's and i think he has an even higher ceiling than that okay i'm gonna hop right on board with the 2020 projection and i'm gonna go with leonis martin i have yes. no idea yes. what the adp is it's martin but yes i have no you're right i have no idea what the adp is right but he clearly it might as well be a billion 
He clearly made a swing change. He was upwards of 40% hard contact last year on pace for uh, 20 home runs and 15 steals. If you want a guy real cheap on probably the best lineup that he's ever going to be, that he's ever been on in Cleveland, even though Cleveland's lineup stinks, it's still got Lindor and Joe Ram. (laughs) No, really though. I mean, his, his Texas lineups, he was like in and out. Yeah, but wasn't he, he was with Seattle, right? Yeah. They had a pretty good lineup. Okay. Yeah, but they didn't have Jose Ramirez and Francisco yeah, Lindor true. and Carlos yeah. Santana. Sure. So, um, yeah, I, I think like 260, 2015, money in the bank, and he's free. Yeah. All right. My, my, hitter, my hitter will be somebody that is not young at all, but was a easily a top 50 hitter in 2017. Ryan Zimmerman. Oh, yeah. He is going to sit five in the Nationals lineup, which is still very, very good. Um, He's going to get to drive in players like Anthony Rendon and Adam Eaton and Juan Soto and Trey Turner. He's very clearly got 25 homer pop. He very clearly can hit for a 275-280 average. Yes, there is injury risk there. But we saw him play a significant amount in 2017. So there is the potential for it. And he's free. So if he gets hurt, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And did Joe, did you do pitcher hitter already? I did not do a pitcher. But Pablo Lopez is pretty much my deep guy. All right. Do you want to explain before I pick my last guy? Uh, yeah. I mean, we already talked about him. But, yeah, he's, he's not going to – He's not going to dazzle you with strikeouts, but he's going to be a really good innings eater. I think he's got a really safe floor, um, and he's also just just free. I mean, I, I imagine that his whip will be, you know, m- like maybe one, two, four, um, like seven K per nine. So he's going to hurt you in Ks, but he's just like the absolute perfect guy to eat innings. Um, and it's home streamer, home streamer. Yeah, and it's just like really, it's really safe in Miami. All right, I, I'm glad to round this round this out with this guy, um, a, a, an absolute ridiculous post hype sleeper, um, Brent Honeywell, Louise, no, Louise Gahara. Um, oh. So last year he Womp. had no way, <laughs> Womp, no way, no, no, no. I thought no. you were gonna go Dylan Bundy. Come on. No, no, no. no. Um, listen, it, Joe, weren't you on Gahara before he came up? Yeah, and then I watched him pitch last year. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was hurt. He was hurt. No, like, it was just bad. He's, he, dude. He's got no, no, no control. No control. Uh, well, listen. There's a couple of things that that happened last year. First of all, he had, and he's got all, tons of competition. That's that's actually like really, he has really tons of competition in Atlanta. What? He has tons of competition. Listen, well, yeah. Right? I between, thought he was hurt too. Between yeah, he's Freed, hurt. Between he's Freed, hurt. Soroka, um, uh, Dookie. Right. There's a right. ton of them. There's yeah. a ton of them. And they're all they're all injury prone. They're all I like injury Kyle prone. Right. Sure. They're, they're all injury prone. This and Gohar is without a doubt the highest, the most highly rated touted prospect on that. Out of the, all I the think guys Soroka is. No. No, I think I think Gohar was. Um, but. Look, bottom line is, besides the injuries last year, he had some personal off-the-field issues, and he got sent down. He got sent into the, the pen, 
it was just a, a really bad start. Um, but if you look at the minor league stats, if you look at the stuff, the fastball, the slider, all that good stuff, he's an absolute wipeout slider. Um, I think given the right opportunity this year, this guy could absolutely crush. And um, you know what? I'm, next year, I'm going to I'm gonna write this down to say I told you so. Okay, in all seriousness, though, right, um, I, I think that the best use for him is to go the Cardinals route and stick him in the pen, let him work on his confidence. Yeah, agreed. And then start. Because, like, seriously, last year he was all over the place. He was, but he had, like I said, he had a lot of injuries and he had some personal, personal off-the-field issues. So I'm chalking it up to that because before that, I was all over him before he came up. Okay, I'm so, writing this down right now. Nick likes negative command. It's true. You like all the guys that have no command whatsoever. Yeah, and, and you don't like Alex Reyes. You don't think he's good. So That's not what I said. Whatever. That's okay. Okay, well, that will wrap it up for us. We will be back next week in some form. And we will <laughs> in be some with... form, that's true. <laughs> well, I don't, know. I don't know who's going to be on the show yet. So that's... Yeah, we're all going to be zombies <laughs> after drafting. <laughs> yeah. Live draft Saturday. Going to be a good time. I'm going to win our league. If you guys are drafting this weekend, we wish you good luck. If not, come back next week. We will fill you in on all the happenings, and we will also review some TGFBI drafts. And we will see you next week. You can find me on Twitter at PatrickFWO. Joe, let them know where they can find you. At JoeFWO. And you can find Nick in the AFC. Circle of Hell. No, I'm back we'll on. I'm guys back later. on. I'm back on. The real Nick Liggs. No. <laughs> the real Nick Liggs with the following. <laughs> the eighth circle of Twitter Hell is where you can find <laughs> Jack. Jack has let me give me my uh, my Twitter subscription back. So. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week. Goodbye.